This episode is powered by Poddex. Poddex are unique interview questions and episode starting prompts in the palm of your hand. So whether you're a new podcaster or existing broadcaster looking to grow your audience and have more meaningful conversations, you're going to want to check out Poddex. Now, if you want to get 10% off your order right now, you can go to poddex.com and type in coupon code, what's the code? Larry21. Yes, that's the code. Check out poddex.com. Take your podcast to the next level. Welcome to the Talkin' Texas Rangers podcast, where we dive into the latest rumors and news surrounding Texas Rangers baseball. Welcome to the Talkin' Texas Rangers podcast. I'm your host, Larry Lees. On today's episode, we're diving into the latest headlines from around Global Life Field. But first, we'd like to thank our sponsor, Audible, for sponsoring this episode. Check out Audible today and get a free audiobook of your choice at audibletrial.com slash Larry21. And don't forget to uh, subscribe to the podcast on all major podcast platforms. Our first topic, the Texas Rangers were actually better in 2022 than many people realize. The Rangers were better in 2022 than many people realized, coming from someone that watches a ton of Rangers games. Just aesthetically, I can tell you that 2022 was so much more enjoyable than the year before. 2021 was a display of bad baseball, especially the last few months of the season. It got hard to watch, even for the most loyal of fans. Many point, many will point to the fact that the Rangers only won eight more games than the previous year. While that is true, there is much more to the story. If you look at the Rangers' Pythagorean win expected, expectancy, they should have had a record of 77 wins, 85 losses this past season. That would have been an increase of 17 wins over 2021, and not just eight. I understand the argument that the only thing that matters is wins and losses, and not math exercises are meaningless. At the end of the day, wins and losses are truly what matter. But what the numbers tell us is that the Texas Rangers should be more optimistic going into 2023 than a typical 68-win team. Ranger fans will remember the opposite happening in 2016. That was the year that the Rangers couldn't lose a one-run game and, an un- and ended up with an impressive 95-67 record. The Rangers were promptly swept by the, raid, uh, by the Jays in the division series and haven't sniffed the playoffs for a 500 season since. That 2016 club had a Pythagorean winning percentage record of 82-80, an astonishing 13 games worse than the actual record. That actual regular season record got the Rangers to the playoffs, but gave the front office and fans alike a false sense of security, when it was really no better than a 500 ball club. If we should have looked at the 2016 club with trepidation, then we should be looking at the current unit with optimism, and that's before taking into account all of the moves to drastically improve the rotation. One thing is for sure, Chris Young isn't messing around, and is making moves to compete and compete now. That is exciting news for a hungry fan base. There has been much talk about how we must add another bat, specifically in left field. While it would be great to add another solid bat to the lineup, 
We actually held our own pretty well on offense last season. The Rangers were outscored by only 30 runs by the Astros. Texas also outscored three of the AL playoff teams in 2022, the Rays, the Guardians, and the Mariners. Now the runs allowed category was a bit of a different story. That is where Young has been focusing on thus far. So while it will be nice to score more runs, the key for more wins for the Rangers will come down to pitching and defense. Young has been addressing the pitching issue via the amateur drafts and free agent signings over the last two seasons. He also brought in former catcher and future Hall of Fame manager Bruce Bochy, along with Mike Maddox as the pitching coach to handle the staff. A rotation that Young has put together is one that has the potential to be great. It is also one that has several question marks associated with health risk. The best part is that to this point, the additions have all come through free agency. And so our solid farm system is intact to contribute and be utilized for trades. These trades could either come before the season or at the deadline if we find ourselves in striking distance. Overall, the Rangers were a better team than the record indicated in 2022. Young is doing his best to sure up the pitching staff, and that will go a long way in pushing this organization back to the playoffs. Let us know your thoughts on the Rangers' performance in the last season. Do you think it was as bad as most people say it is, or do you agree that it was a lot better than it was? Let us know. And now on to our next topic. We're going to dive into one key thing that Adolis Garcia needs to fix to help the Rangers get to the playoffs. It is not a secret that the Texas Rangers are doing everything within their power to make themselves into a playoff contender this season. They hired three-time World Series champion Bruce Bochy to be their manager, brought back Mike Maddox as pitching coach, they hired potentially their future manager Will Venables as associate manager, they signed Jacob deGrom, Andrew Heaney, Nathan Ivaldi, traded for Jake Odorizzi, and retained Martin Perez on the qualifying offer. Despite all of this, they are relying on several ifs to help them get over their hump and into the playoffs. The first I want to focus on is Adolis Garcia, El Bombi, as he is known as someone who will help drive the success or failure of the team this year with his play at the plate and in right field. He can be more patient at the plate and continue to be a reliable run producer. Garcia is entering his third full season with the Rangers and is the starting right fielder. Garcia is Texas's best outfielder offensively and among the best defensive right fielders in all of baseball. He really took his performance up a level in 2022 as he increased his numbers from 2021 in nearly every category except for home runs. He had a higher battering average, more runs scored, more RBIs, more doubles, more triples, and more stolen bases. It was a better overall season for Garcia. He was able to do all of this primarily because he was able to take better advantage of fastballs. He was a good fastball hitter in 2021. In 2022, though, he made better contact and harder contact off of fastballs. According to his stat cast page, Garcia whiffed on 27% of fastballs, but when compared to the 32.9 he missed in 2021, that is a massive improvement. His ability to make better contact led to more hits and more extra base hits off of fastballs. One thing Garcia excels at is making hard contact. He's a very strong human being. His hard hit percentage was 86%, meaning that 86% of the time he makes contact, 
The ball exits at 95 mile per hour or harder. He doesn't have the size of a Juan Gonzalez or Aaron Judge, but he is very thick and well built at 6 foot 1 and 205 pounds. He also doesn't sacrifice speed with his strength as he can cover a lot of ground in the outfield and also is superb at stealing bases. The question has to be asked, if he is this good at offense and defense, why he is on the list of ifs? It is unknown where Garcia will hit in Bochy's lineup, but last season he primarily hit third. If he continues to place him third in the lineup and he regresses, then that does hurt the depth of the lineup. And it will affect how pitchers pitch to Corey Seager, Marcus Simeon, and Nathaniel Lowe. Garcia is the only outfielder currently on the roster that has proven himself over the span of 162 games. Tavares had a strong six-week stretch in 2022, and it is unknown who will be the starting left fielder. Garcia will be the one carrying the outfield this season. He is an if because despite what he has done in the past two seasons, it is still to be to be determined if he can continue to do this year in and year out, and if he can fix the flaws that do exist in his game. There are a few things he does need to improve upon to take that next step in his career. First, he has to chase less pitches. He was in the ninth percentile of chase percentages in 2022, and 12th percentile in strikeout percentage. He did cut down on his strikeouts from 2021 to 2022, and he did increase his walks as well. He needs to continue to improve upon that in 2023. I imagine that the scouting report this season will emphasize his strength at hitting fastballs, and he will see more breaking balls and off-speed as well. He had a 199 batting average against breaking balls and a 41.2 whiff rate against them as well. I expect until he proves he can hit them at a better clip than he will be seeing a lot of that, a lot of that at least early in the season. Last season, he saw sliders 22% of the time and curveballs just 7% of the time. He has a 193 BA against sliders and a 220 BA against curveball. I would expect both of those percentages to jump. One thing that will change with Texas now trying to win is that opponents will bring their best efforts against the Rangers on a nightly basis. Scouting reports will be more fine-tuned, pitchers will be more focused on batters such as Garcia, and games will be more competitive. The players, including Adolis Garcia, will have to take it up another level for the team to compete with the Astros and Mariners. If Garcia can cut down on his strikeouts, be patient at the plate, make contact against breaking balls, and continue to take advantages, advantage of mistakes, it will go a long way towards helping the Rangers make the playoffs for the first time since 2016. And now on to our next topic. We're going to give you five reasons to be excited about the upcoming season. The 2022 season for Texas Rangers fans was one of unmet expectations. The team spent over $500 million in free agency, only to see the team add eight wins from the 2021 total. There were exciting moments this season. Nathaniel Lowe took a huge step forward in the second half and became a poor man's Freddie Freeman. Adolis Garcia took charge in right field. Corey Seager set a career high with 33 home runs, and Marcus Simeon became a 2020 player. Young players like Josh Smith, Zeke Duran, and Bubba Thompson flashed loads of potential at various times in 2022. But now, for our top five reasons to be excited for the Rangers this season. Number one, Jacob DeGrom. The number one reason has to be seeing Jacob DeGrom in a Rangers uniform. 
The moment he takes the mound for the Rangers, he will be one of the most accomplished pitchers to do that in Rangers history. No Ranger pitcher has won a Cy Young Award while wearing a Rangers uniform. Cliff Lee won one with the Indians in 08 prior to being traded to Texas. DeGrom won two while with the Mets. I'm excited to see that high 90s fastball rip into Jonah Heim's glove. I'm excited to feel electricity in the crowd on days that he pitches. I fully expect him to have a great first half and then go to Seattle and represent the organization in the All-Star game. And maybe even start the game. He would become the first Ranger to start the All-Star game since Kevin Brown did in 1992. Number two, Bruce Bochy manage. Or I should say seeing him manage. The number two thing I'm excited about is seeing what Bruce Bochy can do with this roster. Just like DeGrom is the most accomplished pitcher, Bochy is the most accomplished manager the Rangers have ever had with three World Series titles on his resume. The Rangers have typically been an organization that relies on first-time managers. Very rarely do they hire veteran managers. For every manager like a Bochy or Buck Showalter, there are more Bobby Valentine, Kevin Kennedy, Ron Washington, Jeff Bannister, and Chris Woodward types that have had this job. It will be interesting to evaluate his thought process, game management strategies, and how he handles this fragile pitching staff. His success or failure at these tasks will go a long way toward determining if the 2023 season is a success. And at number three, number three, Adolis Garcia. The number three thing I'm excited about is Adolis Garcia. He is not as good as Simeon or Seeger. He'll likely never put up a 300 batting average like Lowe did last season, but he is the Rangers' most exciting player. He plays defense with reckless abandon. He goes all out with diving catches if the play is there. He has a cannon for an arm and is not afraid to show it off. He tends to be at the plate the most important times of the game and comes through more often than not. He is a player that requires you to put down your phone and give full attention when he is in the box. He had his best season of his career last year. He enters the season as the starting right fielder now for, the, for at least the next two to three seasons after this. In my personal opinion, he's the best right fielder the Rangers have had since Juan Gonzalez was trolling that position in the late 90s and early 2000s. He is better all around than Nelson Cruz. Cruz had more power, but Garcia is a better defender. The sky is the limit for Garcia as the new season approaches. Number four, Mike Maddox. The number four thing is the Mike Maddox shoulder rub. Maddox is back for a second tour with the Rangers. He previously held the job from 2009 to 2015. Since then, the shoulder rub has been in Washington and St. Louis. It is back now as he decides to come back home and join up with Bochi to try and lead this team back to contention. He will be coaching a talented pitching staff, but also one that comes with injury risks. He will have to balance being able to get production from his guys with the ability to keep them healthy. He will also be in charge of a young bullpen that did not see a lot of success in 2022. He will have to work with each of those guys this spring to see what works for them and help them become the best version of themselves. We will likely see many shoulder rubs this season, and I am excited that he is back. The Rangers pitching staff has not been the same since he left. Finally, I'm looking forward to seeing more competitive winning baseball in 2023. I want to get to September 15th in Cleveland against the Guardians and to see the team still in the hunt for either the division or one of the wildcard spots. I think for this team to have a successful, two things have to happen. First, have a winning record for the first time since 2016. Second, stay in contention for the playoffs till the final week or weekend of the season.
The Mariners took that route in 2021, where they were in playoff contention all the way to game 162. They then followed that up with a playoff appearance in 2022. The Rangers could go that route and be in contention in 2023, and then make an appearance in 2024. They end the season in Seattle on October 1st. Imagine if they had Jacob DeGrom on the mound in that game with the ability to clinch a spot with a win. Just thinking about that gives me goosebumps. And next up, our next topic. We're going to dive into what a Texas Rangers trade for Brian Reynolds might look like. Brian Reynolds, an outfielder for the Pirates back in December, told the Pirates front office that he wanted to be traded. Since then, he's been elected, or I should say linked, to nearly a dozen teams, including the Texas Rangers. He still has three more seasons of team control, but has refused extension offers from the team. The latest offer was rumored to be six years and $75 million. They are apparently $50 million apart. Teams involved in discussions with the Pirates indicate they are looking for a Juan Soto-type trade. If that is true, then I don't see a trade being consummated between Pittsburgh and Texas. Texas needs outfield help, but likely doesn't want to decimate the top level of their minor league system for just one player. If the Pirates in the next few weeks come down from their demands, a trade could be completed. So let's take a look at what a realistic trade for Reynolds might end up looking like. The headliner of the trade is Jack Leiter. Leiter is the 45th ranked prospect according to MLB Pipeline and the Rangers' number two prospect. In trades for established players, teams must be willing to give up significant pieces, and Leiter is a significant piece. The number two pick was not as good as expected in his first professional season. He went 3-10 with a 5.54 ERA and pitched 92 innings, but also had 109 strikeouts. He averaged more than a strikeout per inning. He still has a high ceiling as a top draft pick and has the pedigree to be a top-of-the-rotation pitcher. If the Rangers make Leiter available in the trade, Pirates certainly will not hang up the phone. The second piece of the trade is Ezekiel Duran. The Pirates have been active this offseason, building up their major league roster and potentially trying to make an early season run in the NL Central. Duran primarily played third base and shortstop in 2022. and can also play second base and has been working the outfield in winter league ball. He is someone who can have a, who can have a strong arm that will play all over the diamond. He also is an extra bases machine. He had 50 extra base hits between double and triple A and had 16 extra base hits in the 58 games he played for the Rangers. The Pirates don't really need help at shortstop or third base. Duran can come in and compete with uh, Rodolfo Castro for the second base job, or he can compete for one of the outfield jobs. He is someone the Pirates will want to find room for in their lineup. The third piece of the trade is Dane Dunning a major league ready arm that can be added to the major league staff in this season. Dunning was a 2016 first round pick out of the University of Florida. He's entering his third full major league season and is now two years removed from Tommy John's surgery. He did have undergo arthroscopic hip surgery at the end of the 2022 season, but all signs point to him being ready for the season. When healthy, he would slot in as the as their fourth or fifth starter. He is someone that can pitch deep into games and will give the Pirates a chance to win most of his starts. They have added Rich Hill and Vince Velasquez to their rotation this offseason, and Dunning would be another piece that is still, still fully controllable for the Pirates till after the 2026 season. 
The fourth piece of the trade is Luis Angel Acuna. He primarily played shortstop and second base in the minors. Very athletic and could make the move to outfield and eventually replace Brian Reynolds in center field. He is the brother of Braves outfielder Ronald Acuna. He's just started to mature and become a better prospect in the last year. He turned 21 this year and has spent most of the last season in high A Hickory, but finished the season at double A Frisco. Between the two levels, he hit 277 with 11 home runs, 16 doubles, and has a 795 OPS to go along with 40 stolen bases. He has tremendous bat speed and the potential to be a 2020 or even 3030 player in the future as he continues to develop more power. He has the potential to be ready to contribute no later than 2024. He likely will start the season in AA, but likely finish in AAA. The trade would be Brian Reynolds coming to Texas and Texas sending Jack Leiter, Zeke Duran, Dane Dunning, and Luis Angel Acuna to the Pirates. The Pirates get help for their major league roster with Dunning and Duran, and they get to continue to build their minor league system with Leiter and Acuna. I think this is a fair trade for both sides, and if the Pirates were demanding significantly more, I would be willing to walk away. A Pirates reporter recently tweeted it would take Jack Leiter, Evan Carter, and Owen White to do this trade. No team would be willing to trade three of their top five prospects for Brian Reynolds. Reynolds is a good player, but he is not a generational player like Juan Soto. The Rangers are apparently among the most serious suitors, according to J.P. Morosi. We will see where this leads. I am of the belief that the Rangers are wanting Reynolds, but are also content with what is in-house if the price remains so high to acquire Reynolds. Before we move on, give us a thumbs up if you like our video, subscribe to the channel, and hit that bell notification button to be notified of future videos. And finally, we gotta remind people, don't sleep on Bubba Thompson's potential. While the addition of top pitching has to be a welcome sight to all Rangers fans, some are still wanting Chris Young to do more. Specifically, the addition of a top field, top outfield bat is something that fans are wanting to see. Left field for the Rangers last year was less than terrible. In fact, the Rangers left fielders ranked dead last in MLB with negative 0.8 F4. It makes sense that the front office would be looking to improve upon this dismal showing. What if the Rangers already had someone on the roster that could be the solution without having to trade for a proven outfielder such as Brian Reynolds or signing one of the remaining free agents like Andrew McCutcheon? What if the kid from Alabama that they took with their first round pick in 2017 was the man for the job? My question is, why not? Why can't he be the Rangers' everyday left fielder? He's already picked up interest on the new skipper Bochi, so that is half the battle for Thompson. Thompson is 24, turning 25 June 9th, and in my opinion, ready to shine. Many people that I've heard speaking on Thompson are already referring to him as a role player that could come off, come in off the bench to run or play defense late in the game. That may well be his ultimate destination and one that he would excel at, but I wouldn't want to see him re relegated to that fate just yet. With the 2020 season having no minor league games league-wide, Thompson was set back a full year of actual game development. He didn't let that unfortunate circumstance derail his path up to minor league ranks and ultimately to Arlington. 
in 2021, he played 104 games for AA Frisco, recording 16 home runs, 9 triples, and 23 doubles, along with 25 stolen bases. He was selected as the 2022 Round Rock Express MVP, despite being called up to Arlington for the final two months of the season. He didn't get that award by just being fast. Thompson slashed um, a 304, 355, 474 for AAA Round Rock in 80 games and 375 PA. The number that everyone wants to talk about, and rightly so, is the 49 stolen bases and only 52 attempts. Thompson is not just another Willie Mays Hayes, though. He may run like Mays, but he actually hits pretty dang good. He also had 13 home runs, 4 triples, and 12 doubles. Basically, he hit very well in his time at AAA, was actually, which was actually his first time at that level. As a team in 2022, the Texas Rangers were not bad at all offensively. Pitching was the area that was lacking the most, and one way to improve pitching is by having solid defense. With Thompson running left field more often, there will be fewer balls in the gaps or getting down for base hits. That is big for plus for a team that is pushing to make the move to be a contender. Obviously, with the larger bases in 2023 and the new pickoff rules, Thompson's speed and base running ability is going to be a huge asset. asset. He needs to just get on base and then let his wheels show off. I believe that he was trying so hard at the end of last year to just get on that it actually took him out of his natural hitting style. If he can relax and hit normal for him, he will be on base plenty of times to wreak havoc on the opponents. Thompson still has room to mature as a player. He is no doubt working on that this offseason. I'm not going to be sad if Young signs a free agent outfielder or makes a trade for one, but I do hope that Thompson gets a fair shake at being a regular big leaguer in the near future. If he does get the opportunity, and if he hits at a reasonable clip, he's going to be one of the most electric players going. And that is something to be, that is going to be fun to watch. Let us know your thoughts in the comments section below on the topics we covered. As always, if you want to support the channel, you can buy us a coffee at buymeacoffee.com slash ttrangers. As always, follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Just search Talking Texas Rangers. And use the hashtag ttrangers. As always, don't forget to subscribe to us on all major podcast platforms, including Good Pods. And as always, thank you so much for watching and listening. We will see you next time. This has been the Talkin' Texas Rangers podcast. Let us know your thoughts on the topics we covered by tweeting us at TalkinTXRangers or liking us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Rangers. As always, thank you for listening and go Rangers.